I think it's obvious if you're paying attention to the readings that the theme that the church is giving us to reflect on this evening is a theme of hospitality. Uh, it's present in the first reading and also in today's gospel. But before doing that, I'd like to um, ask you a question. There's a very famous Russian icon. You know, an icon is a picture of the Lord, the Holy Trinity, the Blessed Mother, uh, that artists make that bring us into visual contact with the mysteries of our faith. And there's a famous Russian icon of three angels standing together. I, if I had thought about this earlier, I would have brought a picture today because I think many of you have seen it, even if you're not aware of that. And those three angels are from today's first reading from the book of Genesis. And they represent, in the eyes of the artists who drew them, the mystery of the Holy Trinity. And the reason for that is the reading begins by saying, the Lord appeared to Abraham, but then he disappears, except in the presence of the three strangers who come to Abraham seeking hospitality. And so Christians using their imagination, looking to the Old Testament for signs of the future beliefs of the church, saw in the presence of these three angels the presence of God who is one, but at the same time, three. So the next time you see that picture, it's supposed to remind you of the presence of God. So it's very beautiful. I wish I had one for my house. Now, don't you buy me one, because I have plenty of art, but it would be nice to have one. So today, we want to talk about hospitality. I'd like you to use your imagination as I reflect with you on today's first reading because the situation that's described here is much like today. It says here, the Lord appeared to Abraham by the terebinth, which was a, a tree of Mamre, as he sat in the entrance of his tent while the day was growing hot. You know? So this is, it's, you know, it's hot over there in, in uh, the Holy Land. It's a desert. And so imagine yourself on a day like today without air conditioning because they didn't have air conditioning in those days sitting outside your tent because there's a breeze under the shade of this very big tree and then in the distance you see three strangers now what would be on your mind in the desert on a very hot day three strangers are they friends or are they foes? And because it was dangerous to welcome strangers into your household in those days, the Jewish people and I think all the people of the Middle East developed some strategies around hospitality, both to offer friendship but also to protect themselves. And that's what Abraham is doing in this reading. You know, he's being extraordinarily friendly to these strangers because they could become friends, but they might be foes. So he wanted to win them over to himself. And he offered great hospitality. 
And in this reading, he much resembles Martha in today's gospel, who was very busy about preparing hospitality for Jesus. So here they are, both Abraham and Martha, in today's scriptures, um, bumbling around uh, to be hospitable to a guest. Now, the hospitality of Abraham in today's first reading won for him and Sarah a great surprise and a great gift. You might remember that both of them were very old, more than 75 years old. Uh, Sarah couldn't have any children. She was barren and had always prayed for a child. And because of their hospitality to these guests, who, was the, who were or are the hidden presence of God, the guest made a promise at the end of the reading that when he returned in a year's time, this poor, sterile, old lady would have a son. And she did. His, his name was Isaac, a gift to Abraham in his old age. Now, what does this tell us? about hospitality. Well, we live in a different time. I think if we had to work in the heat like they did in those days, we wouldn't have had such a nice meal, right? We would have found a way to order it in from McDonald's or somewhere else. But hospitality is a very important um, gift. It's considered a, a virtue in the Christian understanding of things, that we need to welcome others into our homes and into our lives. And when we welcome others, when we welcome strangers, we get a glimpse of God. So the question is, are you hosp hospitable? Is your family hospitable? Are you afraid of others or are you a welcoming person? And we have a promise in this reading that if we are welcoming, to others, we will be welcoming God into our lives as well. Now, of course, if you're at all politically aware, uh, this issue of hospitality brings up the question of immigration. Because not only are we to be hospitable as individuals and as families, but in a broader community, the community of our cities and state and country, it's important for us also to be hospitable. You know, welcoming strangers is one of the corporal works of mercies. And in the Old Testament, the Jewish people um, often were told by God in the scriptures that it was important for them to welcome aliens because they were aliens once themselves. You might remember that they were strangers in a strange land in the land of Egypt. And so regardless of where you stand politically, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or you're like none of them, it's important for you to be a Christian when it comes to the questions of immigration, that we have to welcome others. Now, at the same time, we have to be prudent. You know, we have to be uh, welcoming to our fellow citizens as well as those who aren't. But the, the first reaction of a Christian in situations like that where people are desperate to have a better future for their children is for us to be welcoming and to do all we can to make sure that the political forces in our country um, 
although they have to be prudent and protective, ought also to be welcoming. We have a huge problem with immigration in the United States, which is caused more by the politicians than it is caused by the immigrants. You know, the Democrats use the issue to beat up the Republicans, and the Republicans use the issue to beat up the Democrats and to play to their bases. They're both playing to their bases. And, you know, I think if a group of common-sense Catholics got together, we could solve this problem in one week, actually. But it's just become an unsolvable political problem because of politics. And it's important for us always to cut through politics to become virtuous and good people. So think about the immigration issue, read about it. You ought to study what the American bishops have written about it. We really have a very balanced understanding of immigration in terms of both the people coming in and the people who are already here, the necessary protection of borders and those kind of things. If you go to the web pages, you'll find a whole lot by the Conference of Catholic Bishops on Immigration. So if you have a bad idea about where the bishops stand, please read it before you judge us, you know. And if you have better ideas, it's important for you to make those ideas known so we can do our best to cut through all of this and actually come up with a good solution to a very, very big problem. Europeans have the same problem, of course, with huge numbers of immigrants from the Middle East and elsewhere. Um, so it's a predominant issue politically throughout the world, and we need to pray about it. And we have to be welcoming, one of the corporal works of mercy. Which brings us to today's gospel, the story of Martha and Mary. Now, we have to put this in context. The context is last Sunday. You might remember last Sunday, one of the doctors of the law came to Jesus and said, what must I do to obtain eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what does the scripture say? And this scholar of the law knew very well, he quoted from the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Numbers, you must love the Lord your God with all your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, that's right, that's a very good answer. And, and the, you might know, remember the gospel said that the, the, the scholar of the law, in order to justify himself, then asked the question, well, who's my neighbor? And we had that wonderful story of the Good Samaritan about the responsibility that we all have for those who are in trouble, that we must love our neighbor as ourselves. This story of Martha and Mary follows immediately after that. And many scripture scholars say the reason why St. Luke put this story in this part of the gospel is because this story also illustrates the two great commandments. The Good Samaritan emphasized loving our neighbor as ourself. This story is about loving the Lord our God with all our mind, soul, and strength. And that's what's going on here. So let's look more closely at the story uh, in today's gospel. It begins by telling us Jesus entered a village, it was a village of Bethany, where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. Uh, apparently, this is the same family that we read about in other gospel passages. Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. And apparently they were good, good friends of Jesus. Just like all of us, Jesus had friends and he needed good friends. And so he went to see his friends, Martha and Mary. Lazarus isn't mentioned in this particular part of the gospel. 
And it tells us that she welcomed him, like Abraham welcomed the guests in today's first reading. And then the next line is so very important. It says here, she had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. And like me, she got upset because she wasn't getting any help, Martha. And she went to Jesus and said, now listen, look at, look at, I'm doing all this work and my lazy sister is sitting there at your feet and she goes on to say, tell her to help me. And in response, Jesus gives us a teaching. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and I will not take it from you, from her. Now, Jesus can speak his mind because Martha is a friend. So there's a bit of a rebuke in what he says to her. But I think he was probably saying it in a kindly way. It wasn't so much a rebuke as it was an invitation for her to slow down and put things in the right order. The best form of hospitality, much better than preparing a wonderful meal, although wonderful meals are wonderful, is to listen to someone, to pay attention to them. And that's one of the big problems we have in the world, in our families as well, everywhere. People do not take time to listen to others, especially those who have big struggles and who have great need. We'd rather not hear it. It's easier to be busy about things than to actually enter into someone's life and listen to them. So the question we have to ask ourselves in the light of today's gospel, are we a listener? Do you listen to your wife? Or do you think you already know what she's going to say? Do you listen to your husband? Or do you do all the talking? Do you listen to your children? Or do you think that the role of parents to talk and children to listen? You know? Do you listen to your girlfriend? Or do you listen to your boyfriend? Or are you above it all? You know? The best form of hospitality is to listen to people and is the best way of showing love to them. Also, we learn in today's gospel that we have a duty as creatures to show hospitality to God. And we call that in ordinary Christian language, what? Prayer, you know, giving God part of our life in order to listen to him. Prayer doesn't mean talk, 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 talk to God, although verbal prayer is valuable and can be very helpful to us sometimes. But the most important kind of prayer is a prayer of just simply putting ourselves in the presence of God, which can be anywhere, but focusing on God's presence and asking him to speak and to say, here I am, Lord. I am your servant. Listen, speak to me, and I will try to listen. In today's uh, 
gospel story, we see the fulfillment of that first commandment of the Jewish law, which is the first commandment of our life as Christians. That we need to love the Lord our God with our whole mind, soul, strength, all that we are, to make Jesus the priority in our lives, that Jesus frames all that we do, and that's what's happening. That's why Mary has chosen the better part, because she's made Jesus the center rather than the work of the house. Now, we have to work too, you know. It'd be awful to have someone come for dinner and no one cooks the meal because we're all just gonna sit around and listen to each other, you know. Most of us, you know, there's two poles. Mary represents one pole and Martha represents the other. One pole is those who find meaning and who are very comfortable with doing lots of work. And then there's the other pole, which is those who really like to read and think and, and aren't so much busy about things, but are more reflective. And the, the important thing is for us to put it together in our lives. For those of us who tend to be very busy and active, to find time in our lives, to be silent and to listen. And for those of us who are more interior, you know, who like quiet, to make sure that we also add to our life a big dose of work and service to other people, especially. You know, because both of those things go together. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, said something wonderful once. He said, the argument about which is more important, Martha or Mary, is foolish. It's like asking which blade of a scissors is more important. A scissors doesn't work unless both blades are active, right? They work together to accomplish their goal. And that's what it should be like in, in our lives. We need to be women and men of prayer, reflection, contemplation, but also be women and men of action. You know, prayer always comes to the best completion out in the street, doing something for someone else. You know? And both those commandments, loving the Lord our God with our whole mind, soul, strength, and loving our neighbor ourselves always go together for all of us, not just for some, but for all of us. So we ask the Lord to change us and convert us after the fashion of, of Abraham and, and Mary, that we might make him the center of our hospitality, but that our hospitality might also reach out generously, welcoming others. Dear Lord, help us to accomplish that goal in our lives. Amen.